0: And I got a seat on the table right away. I mean it wasn't even an argument it was like oh that was a I think he said something like that was a wicked good argument.
1: A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event campus around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer and Paul Rueckens, with illustrious change makers, designers and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online For now, let's start the conversation.
0: Conversations.
2: Welcome to this uh, edition of the podcast. And today we have Patty Spagnola joining us. Hello, Patty.
0: Hello, Rules. Nice to be here.
2: And for the people who don't know Patty, I know Patty very well. uh, And I'm happy that that she is in, uh, in our community. Patty Spaniola is a Director of Conferences and Events at University of West Florida. And Patty is a, as I know her, very warm, enthusiastic, committed. And I'm actually very proud that she is in my, in my network. Patty is also CMP, CED, Certified Event Designer, is that? CED, right? Also facilitating one of the EDC Level 3 programs, and also a frequent guest in our Mastermind program. So, and as a result of that, Patty is also feature, featured in our um, newest book, Design to Change, where this conversation will be all about. Uh, thank you, Patty, for being with us. I hope I gave you a right introduction. Is there anything you would like to add to that?
0: No, oh, it was perfect. Thank you so much. That was, makes me feel very happy.
2: Good. That that was the, the whole intent to put you in the, <laughs> in the right spot. So let's kick it off right away. In this podcast, we'd like to talk about Design to Change, our new book. And in in the on the first page actually, we actually talk about one central theme of this new book, which is which is which is a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. And the question there is, would you leave it to chance, Patty?
0: I would not leave it to chance, because I always feel like I'm prepared. I liked I'm an event planner, I was a Girl Scout, and being prepared is part of my uh, mode of operation. So I would not leave it to chance. I would think about the scenarios, think about what I wanted to say um, and think about how I could help and how I could serve this person that I'm talking with. Uh, The answers, however, uh, I need to, to stay on my toes because I don't know what they're gonna say back and I need to have the different scenarios, the plan A, B, C, and now in this time, D and E to be ready for what they might say. And I will say all the training that you've given me, Rule and Rude and and Dennis and Paul have taught me how to be very quick on my feet. I think I was good before, but now um, I'm more relaxed about it. I don't feel stressed about it. And there's that calmness that can really come across when you listen to someone and really listen instead of preparing what you're going to say because you had that scenario in your head. Uh, and that way, I think that we can help and serve others um, much more effectively and, and happily, too. They're, they're going to feel good about it as well. Yeah.
2: And so and when I listen carefully, um, it, a conversation is more about listening, as, you, as, you, as I hear you saying that, um, than about talking. Is that right?
0: Right. Right. In fact, I have on my desk uh, another designer, well, We've been through the design process together. She has really uh, been quite a mentor here at University of West Florida. She gave me a little card that says speak and it's crossed out and listen is really big. So to remind me that that's yeah. what we should be doing is listening.
2: Yeah, unfortunately we don't have um, a video in this podcast but um, we can, <laughs> can uh, you're you actually described very well. Patty, can I, can I follow up with, with a question? Um, what is currently on your horizon of change?
0: My horizon of change is to continuously look for more opportunities to help people see their horizons of change. So maybe they have a brand new event that they're looking to do and they want to get their team together, stay on the same page with their team, and also as an event owner, talk to them about what their vision is and um, help them see that. And, and that's been very valuable. It's also fun to put these design elements into other areas. So at the university, um, I feel very, very fortunate to be at a place where dialogue is valued, learning new things, uh, really trying new things. So it's been fun to volunteer for other committees. Uh, I made a case for myself to be on the strategic planning steering committee to sit, because I wanted events to have a seat at the table We have 76 planners here or so, and we plan probably 500 events. And I think people need to focus on how we can share our vision with the community and with each other and how we can really elevate events to uh, reflect our mission. And I got a seat on the table right away. I mean, it wasn't even an argument. It was like, oh, that was a, I think he said something like that was a wicked good argument. So sure, you can do this.
2: And, and in, the, in, the, in the conversation we had before, we you talked about as, as I said, you're featured in our Design to Change book, and the reason why you're why you're featured is that you helped us review the book and make it better, and we we really are grateful about about that. But there's a there's a story to the quote, right? Can you can, yes. you, um, can you talk tell us a little bit more? Or would you would yes. you mind reading it first? Is that, is oh, that possible certainly, for the certainly. listeners? It's page page sixty seven which she just proudly like, oh, you don't have to look it up. It's page 67. (laughs) Page 67
0: of the book. Yes. Uh, I'll read the whole quote. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. It is all too common for designers to find themselves in a debrief session and the event owner say things like, we didn't get the behavior change we were looking for, or did we miss an opportunity to understand and connect with other important stakeholders? By starting and engaging teams in conversations about change early in the design process, we have had great success in maintaining that alignment throughout the life of the event. So these are real quotes, and they are in quotes in the book, because people actually said these things to me. So the first one, we didn't get the behavior change we were looking for. Um, We were doing, it's a poverty simulation. So it allows people to engage in this event to have a better understanding, empathy towards people who are struggling in poverty, and um, the person leading this had done it in person, and now she wanted to do it virtually. And I have a long relationship with with her; we've worked on meetings and events together since 2009. And so she invited me to help her. So I was more than happy to help her with the virtual side of it. And at the debrief, they were realizing things didn't happen. Now, giving them credit, this is only the second time that ever had this event at all. So the fact that they made the pivot uh, was really wonderful that they wanted to have an experience for all students, not only in person, but online. So we were debriefing probably for an hour to almost an hour and a half at this point. And all of a sudden, someone said, you know, we didn't get the behavior change we were looking for. And right there was ding 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 and i raised my hand because we were in this zoom environment so they could see me i raised my hand and said i can help you with that and from there we talked about would we would you be interested in going through the event design process we'll empathize with stakeholders well first we'll find the right stakeholders we'll empathize with them and then we can design all of the elements to make sure that we do get the behavior change we're looking for and we're going to find out what is the behavior change you're looking for? Let's identify that. So we took the team through the entire process and they're off and running and they have uh, not only the event, but the research behind what they're going to experience in the event that they're working on. So they, I, I have a lot of referrals from them as well because then they say, oh, well, you're thinking about doing an event, you should call Patty. She can help you put things together and see things in a different way.
2: Uh, that's an amazing story. Really cool, yeah, and that's and also the ding, 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 which you just, um, uh, right? So I can I can totally relate to that, right? So that's that's the that's the best that's the best comment you can get, right? So this is this is the ultimate cue of actually say, oh, let let me help you with that because uh, we can we can we can make that happen for you. Okay, so for people who have regularly listened to our podcast, there is now a a way where we can actually. Uh, go further on the path of um, Horizons of Change, right? Because we actually dug into that a little bit now. Or we could spin the wheel. uh, And spinning the wheel means that we go spin the wheel and we let let the machine decide what is the topic of conversation for the rest of this podcast. Paddy, would you like to spin the wheel?
0: I would love to spin the wheel because, you know, I love that wheel. And <laughs>
2: actually I think you, you, you brought that wheel to us credits, credits, where getting credit <laughs> should be. Right. So I'll click the wheel and I think uh, there will be a little sound to that and there isn't, but anyway, the wheel says putting design on the agenda, wonderful. So thank you, Wheel of Names. Um, for people who don't know that, it's uh, wheelofnames.com and it's a very handy tool to let the computer decide which uh, which <laughs> is the next topic or which is uh, who is uh, who is next on, on the role division. Okay, let's go to putting design on the agenda. And Patty, in, in our Design to Change book, and not on page 67, where you are featured, but then on other pages, there are worksheets after each. So we navigate to that, that chapter is putting design on the agenda. And all these worksheets are available offline in the book, but also online in a form on, online, where you can actually fill those in and um, have them emailed to you, right? So you can work on this and then you get a, a summary of those uh, answers you gave there also after this call we will actually ask you to redo those questions to see what happens now and what happens when you do the, when you take a little bit of more more time to uh, to do that so the first question when we talk about putting a design on the agenda is this question how can you comfort your event owner that not having clarity with the initial ask is okay
0: I try to be very intentional with my conversation with them and also to be kind and forgiving. So if we have not learned anything in the last year and a half, it's to give each other grace and to know that if you uh... actually rule, I have a funny story about how you taught me to do this, is that uh, you've known Zoom forever. I mean, you've, you've been using it forever and you've taught me how to use it. And we were in a meeting and one time uh, we just all got kicked out. And we came back in and you said, oh, sorry about that, guys. I was wondering what this button did. And so you clicked it and you kicked us all out. We all came back and we had a good laugh. Uh, I think that that was a really great example for me of how to behave with others. Just like, OK, so what? We we got kicked out. We came back in. And to make that OK for the event owner, uh, I think there's a lot of stress for event owners. Um, I, well, we know that there is. And um, especially, I'm thinking about one person in particular that um, he's a dean, he has a really huge vision and um, it's something that could be really big for the university. So we're going to be doing that in November. And while I think he was always comfortable with my work, um, it it was really fun to talk to him about, let's bring the team together, let's go through this process. Um, And it's been very rewarding. And that that is coming up in November, so I'm excited to see how it's all going to turn out and what it means for the future. And to have such a big vision coming down to okay, here are the things that we need to do. So, mm-hmm.
2: it- wow, good story. So, the next question, um, Paddy, is what guardrails do you offer to allow the event owner to feel comfortable to say yes to you for the event design?
0: Probably the biggest guardrail is uh, that we're all gonna work collaborative, collaboratively. So bring together whoever in your community that you want on your team. So it could be people in your department, outside your department, outside your college, out in the community. Um, so if you want to involve people who uh, maybe are serving on committees that are part of the Northwest Florida committee, or, uh, community to come in and be part of the team. And that just really expands how we can reach out and have team members be a part of what we're doing. And I think just working collaboratively makes everything a lot more fun. Um, I'm working on another conference and in this particular role, I'm uh, logistics and I'm, I'm working on the online part, but I'm partnered with someone from the community who is also an event planner. And that has just been so much fun Uh, We have meetings periodically of, oh, I just want to run this by you and uh, make sure we're on the same page. We're always on the same page. And I never would have had that experience if we had not one been partnered together, but also the event owner agreed to do the event design together. So now I know people from all over the community because there's a a community person and a university person on every committee uh, leading it. And we all got to work together. And so we made more friends and have more connections. Uh, I'm not sure if I completely answered that question, but I, I think that that kind of guardrail is just saying, let's just get together, have, um, have a collaborative experience and expand our reach and everything's going to be okay. You, we can't go wrong. Mm-hmm.
2: Because it's collaborative.
0: Right, and we're, we're working on prototypes. And so we'll all decide together how that's going to work out. And it, it always works out in the best way possible when you put all these minds together everyone's voices are heard. I think now that I'm talking more about this, I think that people really like the fact that all ideas are good ideas. But one idea might not be great in one particular situation. But you know, later situation, it may be the perfect one. So everyone will have a voice, there's a lot of equity there. And um, people will say something if they have a voice. And if that means writing it on a sticky note so that they feel like they're more anonymous, they might not raise their hand. Uh, that lets their voice be heard.
2: And for some people, those guardrails you're you're mentioning are super comfortable, and for some some event owners, that will be super daunting. I guess, right? Uh, right. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, so if it, if that works for your your event owner and these guardrails, then that's that's wonderful. So. Um, um, Sounds like a very interesting group of people you work working with being comfortable with um, ambiguity, collaboration <laughs> and yeah, trust the process. Right. So that's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate.
2: Up to the next question, Paddy, if I may, is how will you sketch the outcomes of an event design and involve the event owner in the way forward? Uh,
0: the event narrative. So, um... Well, we're really focusing in on a lot of things that I remember you taught me, Roel. <laughs> so in San Diego, when we went through the uh, certified event design process, uh, that event narrative, I, you know, first of all, I just didn't really understand the whole entire thing. But it's come down to that event narrative is is one of the most important things to refer to once you're done. So um, I do that as a service to my group and to the event owner is after we're done. I put together the entire event narrative talking about who the stakeholders are, why we're having the event, the, the objectives of the event owner, and then going through all of the steps that they took to getting to that prototype. So that if they ever have any questions or, you know, I'm not around, they can go back and look at this document and um, see what they're supposed to be doing. Or did we get off, off track a little, or hmm, maybe we realized that that didn't really work. Um, Yeah.
2: And and just to, to help um, people uh, listening to this podcast, uh, not knowing everything about event canvas and the, and the narrative, how do, how do you compile a narrative?
0: Compiling the narrative is going through the entire process. So we've determined who the stakeholders are as a group. And so, well, first we have to figure out what does the event owner want? So I always have the event owner come in, talk about what their vision is, what are their goals? Uh, what is their desired behavior change? Uh, if they have it at that point, which they often do. And then as a group, we decide who the stakeholders are. Um, then we go through and we empathize with each stakeholder. So we, we take them through the canvas. So you all are now tasked with go look up all the canvases so that you can see what we're talking about. And uh, take them then through the pre-event empathy map, post-event empathy map, and then the event canvas. And then once we're done with that, we'll take all of the entering and exiting behaviors and we'll figure out what is that change in behavior. And that's really key. So they're coming in, maybe feeling um, uncomfortable about the event. They don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they are really shy and they want to network, but they don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. At the end, we want them to come away with they've either found a mentor or they've networked with some different people or maybe they've made a new friend. And so what are the, the elements of that change? So are you gonna have speed networking? Or are you gonna have a like a mingle bingo? You know, what are you gonna to do to help people who might be a little bit more shy to come out of their shell and to meet people? Uh, and hopefully that all happens and you see that in the surveys when you, when you get done with the meeting or the event yeah. and then you survey everybody.
2: Nice, thank you. Thank you for describing that and we we move on right away to the next question patty and 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 we are we're pushing you to the, to the limit to, uh, to see uh, <laughs> that we can get all these nuggets um, nuggets out of you and so how how does the next question is how does getting design on the agenda help the event owner and other parts of the organization to achieve their strategic goals
0: well I love that question I love that question because that's what I'm thinking about too so um, during one of my early design sessions, we were designing something for uh, Un- University of West Florida planners and we asked them to come in and plan the own their own ceremony where they were getting the certificate, and so we asked them to come in and. Uh, one person said this changed my life entirely and I know i've said that to you when we were in San Diego so to hear that back just say six or seven months after I said it to you was really incredible. And uh, we're good friends. We've been planners together now for a while. Now she's a teacher. So um, she's getting to plan an event every single day for fourth graders. So she's really got her hands full. But what she said is that she approaches every single day with the entering and exiting behavior and what's the change in behavior. Um, So every single meeting that she goes to if its one-on-one, that's what she's thinking about. Um, every client that comes in who wanted to purchase uh, rent space, every single thing that she thought thought about is that process. And I'm so pleased that now she can work with that in a totally different way. So she's in a classroom, and she's working with these students, and she can think about that change in behavior, and what she's trying to accomplish and how she's going to do that. Um, Other things that we can use is uh, we were taught by Paul about the accelerant curve. So it's someone can land in your accelerant curve of being really easy and accessible to it could be really hard. So easy and accessible would be they can just look you up and see your website. Or it could be really tough and they want to do one-on-one mentoring consulting with you. And, you know, for instance, for you, Roel, you're you're busy. That's going to be costly, timely, etc. You know, can you even get on your calendar? And so there are lots of things on that curve that people can land in on. I know for me, I landed in on level three CED, which is way down the curve. And then I just wanted to keep going from there. But other people may just buy Design to Change. Maybe they've not ever heard of anything that you've done before and they'll, they'll buy this book. So I've been able to work with departments and other organizations with this accelerant curve on, say, showcasing uh, their department. What are they doing? So are they all speaking with one voice? Are they all doing different things that they realize, oh, I didn't know we were doing all these things. Why don't we get together and create a social media plan? Or how do we get uh, matching gear for all of our faculty members and our students? And so we can put them on a path to really seeing how they can work together and speak with one voice and then really showcase their department. Um, So that's one example Um, I also got myself on the strategic planning committee for the university, because events need to have a seat at the table. And I think that if you if you think that we're just sitting in the the shadows, then we need to step out front and ask for that seat. Um, I know I asked for it, I said we have 76 planners, we've got 500 events, Uh, we reach the community, we need to think about every single event, how it's going to achieve the mission of the university. And uh, the response was funny. He said, that was a wicked good argument. You're in. And uh, now I'm doing not only logistical work, but I'll be able to hear all the ideas of all the people coming to these meetings and participating in our survey about what they think our strategic plan should be. And uh, then we'll have one for the next 10 years.
2: Nice. Thank you. Wow. And, and then the, I think the, the, the remark about the classroom was, was um, awesome. I think um, if you think, think about it, right? So I have never, never thought about that in this way. Classrooms are event venues, right? Mm-hmm. Classrooms, so teachers are event owners of an event every day, right? Or maybe eight mm-hmm. little events per day. And that's, uh, I've never thought about that. Uh, like, but it's, it's, it's the same, right? It's about behavior change. So thank you for that. We, we've come to the end of the onstage part patty and we will continue in an off-stage environment right after so please join us ladies and gentlemen to listen to some off-stage conversation after and uh, patty I can only thank you for this for this podcast and Really, it was an amazing conversation and you gave us some, some amazing insights. And I liked, uh, I took some notes on, on things you said. And I, I definitely would like to, to invite you to to fill in this, this worksheet again and, and see what the difference are when you write it down or you speak out loud, right? So I think it's, uh, it's good to, to reflect a little bit on putting design on the agenda because that I think that is what, what is very necessary in this world. And mm. Ruth and myself, and Dennis are on this journey since 2012 and when we were talking about design and design thinking and applied design thinking event design we were always it always felt like being an evangelist right we evangelize people to say oh you you should know about this and the moment is so that the time the time as the time goes the the momentum of design thinking event design is much more there right so you see the relevance of it you see people asking for it putting design on the agenda is something which is easier now than six seven years ago Mm -hmm. and but still i think it's it's relevant that you that we take people by the hand and show them what the process is but also show them what the outcomes outcomes are of design thinking and what you do and what the results are of that Thank you, Patty, for uh, joining us in this podcast. And yeah, speak to you soon.
0: That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.